Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Scottish Clans. I'm Clint. Thank you for joining me. I'm really excited to share the story that I've got for you today. I just want to let you know that whether you're looking to connect with your Scottish ancestors or you're a history buff looking to understand Scotland's wild history a little better, or you just watched an episode of Outlander and became curious, this podcast is for you. Rather than discussing general Scottish history, I focus on the clans specifically. Some episodes are academic, trying to understand how clans worked, what they were, etc. Some episodes are telling the cool stories from Scotland's colorful past, and some episodes combine those two. So whether you're new to the subject or you're a professor of Scottish studies, welcome to the podcast. Now, before I get too far into this, I do want to give a shout out to my sponsor, USA Kilts. They produce such high quality products like kilts primarily. That's what the company's based around, but not just kilts, everything that you'd ever wear with a kilts, but not just things that wear with kilts, things that anything that to show pride in your Scottish connections or interests or heritage, go check them out at usakilts.com. They have awesome customer service and free shipping inside the U.S. Sorry for those of you outside of the U.S., but most of you who are listening to this are inside. Not that I don't love those of you who aren't. Also go check out their YouTube channel at USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions. Lots of cool content on there. I've spent a bit of time on their YouTube channel because I think it's pertinent, relevant, and interesting. So go check them out. I want to tell you, there are so many things that have been happening lately that I'm excited about. I have, I've since, so since June, I have done two great interviews with wonderful people. Ethan Hunt on the DNA regarding Scottish clans, how that affects our understanding of their origins. I had that great discussion with Professor Ali Cathcart, had an enjoyable time, and she was super informative, uh, really helped my understanding. Great discussion with her, so if you haven't listened to that, go check that out. I had a great speaking engagement. It went really well uh, over with the clan conclave that Adam Campbell put on over there, had a lot of great participation. Actually, it was all the seats were sold for that, not not because they knew I was speaking, just because it looked cool. And it was a great event, and they're going to be doing more of that in the future. So if you're anywhere close to the Wasatch Front, and I don't know how far out from there they're going to get, probably all over the country eventually, but it was a great time. And the next time they get something spun up, I'll let you know, because it was a really enjoyable thing. But I got to speak it there. It was really exciting for me. And we've got more things in the future cooking, so stay tuned. If you've enjoyed, if you're, if this is not your first podcast you've ever listened to, and you've heard some of the other stuff, and you have value, if you see value in what I'm doing here, go ahead and share this with other people. Um, if this is happens to be on a platform that you can subscribe and and like and comment on some of the things that we talk about, please feel free to do that. And if you want to contribute to the cause, go over to scottish-clans.com/team. And you'd be surprised how little can make so much of a difference. Just a few dollars. Um, anyway, so if, that's, uh, if you see value in that, consider doing some of those things. All right, now, you joined on today. You clicked because you, you want to know about what happened with a particular young lady. This whole story revolves around a woman, and I think we can get some really cool concepts from this story that the story illustrates that we don't often think about when we're studying Scottish history. And we did touch on it with the, the conversation between me and Allie Cathcart. We just we touched on it for a few minutes, but the role of women in Scottish, specifically in this case, the history of Highland clans. 
And the way that this story revolves around a woman, I, I think it's in a really cool manner. And I think it brings out something that gets overlooked a lot. So here's the story. Here's how it happened. It, let, me, let me set a little bit of the, the stage for, for you. It happens in the later 1500s. Now, I don't know the exact year. I couldn't find that. Oh, by the way, my source, you always, you're always interested in my sources, right? It's uh, something written by Alan McKenzie in 2006. This comes out of Chapter 5, which I have in a PDF, and I can provide a link for below, History of the McKenzies. That's not the only source that I used, but it is the primary source that I use, and I'll be quoting from it later in the story, but I couldn't find the exact year in any of the sources I looked at. Later 1500s, probably, and I'll tell you why later, 1580s. So that's the time setting. Now, I want to let you know when I say 1580s, the 1500s in general in Scotland were a wild, wild time. In fact, there's a, there's a story that illustrates how wild it could be. You had in 1573, you had the Earl of Sutherland, who was going to have a little official recognition of his his earldom, his, his being the Earl of Sutherland. Now, keep in mind that the Earls of Sutherland were Gordons at this time. They were actually a junior branch of the Earls of Huntley. And the Earl of Sutherland, this Gordon, wanted to have his earldom recognized, and people were going to come up, royal officers who would recognize his position as the Earl of Sutherland, were going to come up, and usually this ceremony would be done at Inverness, which is unofficially known as the capital of the Highlands. In this case, the officials wouldn't come to Inverness because of the crazy state of affairs up there between the Mackenzies, Monroes, Frasers of Lovett, and Macintoshes. There's all sorts of, uh, it, it just it was such an environment that that the these officials from Edinburgh wouldn't go there, and so the Earl of Hunt or the Earl of Sutherland had to go clear to Aberdeen, which is on the east coast of Scotland. It is not close to Inverness. For those of you who don't know the map, it's a bit out of his way, all because it was too crazy up there. So that's the context and the world that this is happening in. Let's introduce you to the characters. We've got Colin Cam Mackenzie of Kintail, who's the chief of the Mackenzies. You have Lachlan Moore Mackintosh, who's the chief of the Mackintosh clan. And what binds these two gentlemen together? Lachlan Moore Mackintosh is married to Agnes, who is Colin Cam Mackenzie's sister. Well, I don't know what Lachlan Moore Mackintosh did, but it warranted the crown issuing to Gordon, the Earl of Huntley, commission of fire and sword against Lachlan Moore. Now, a a commission of fire and sword, when that was issued to somebody against somebody else, that meant that the person to whom the commission was issued had authority and encouragement from the crown, crown to go into the opposing person's lands and wreak havoc. They had royal endorsement to do it. And now, who was this Gordon Earl of Huntley? I actually had to look this up, and I never, I never had it pinned down exactly who it was, but I think it was George Gordon, who was the sixth Earl of Huntley and was eventually promoted to be a Marquess of Huntley. So he was the first Marquess of Huntley. I don't think he was there at this time, and I'll give you my theory. I think at the time all this is shaken down, he was young. 
So he was born in the 1660s. I think it was, I'm sorry, 1560s. So that mean by the time, uh, I think it was 1564. That would mean by the by the mid 1580s, he would have been coming of age, 20ish, young, and his conduct in this story leads is is more easy for me to believe coming out from a a young hot headed person who hasn't been tempered by experience in life. So so what actually happened? So so I think George Gordon, the Earl of Huntley has this commission of fire and sword against Lachlan Moore Macintosh. Now, if you're Colin Cam McKenzie of Kintail and you hear, you know, word spreads fast despite the d- distances and the rugged terrain, if you hear that, now keep in mind, the Earl of Huntley is a very powerful person, very powerful, but, and you hear that he's going to come against the Macintoshes and lay waste to their territory, you're concerned, Right? That's where your sister is. And it's really interesting the message and the, the request that he sends to George Gordon, uh, the Earl of Huntley. He, he assigns this task to a kinsman of his, John Mackenzie of Kinnock, to go take a message to the Earl of Huntley, kindly requesting that when he comes into Macintosh territory to bring the fire and the sword, that he treat his sister, Lady Macintosh, as a gentlewoman. And if he would do this, that Colin Cam Mackenzie would take this as a, as a very noble courtesy from the Earl of Huntley. Well, this is interesting. The Earl of Huntley gives a response. Uh, I think you're not going not, to believe this response that he gives. And I'm going to read from this, this source that I told you. It says, the testy-tempered Huntley was not about to do any favors and told Kinnock that when he found the lady, she would be, quote, the worst used lady in the North, that she was an ill instrument against his cause and therefore he would cut her tail above her hawks, unquote. Rude. That's just bad manners. Not only am I not going to do your sister the courtesy of treating her like a gentlewoman, I'm going to specifically target her. Now, all you men listening to this who have sisters, can you even imagine somebody saying that about your sister? They're, they're not only not going to give her special treatment, they're going to specifically give her rough treatment. And, and there's all sorts of places in your imaginations you could go with that. And every single one of them, for me, as a man who has a sister, I would lose my ever-loving mind. And I would bring every resource I had to bear to make sure that did not happen. Well, Colin Cam responds about like you think he would. Now, I, I told you Colin Cam, he's not, uh, he's not a physically robust person. He is not going to lead this force, but he turns to his brother, Rory, and he says, Rory, this can't happen. And Rory, who is also Agnes's brother, probably feels the same way about it that Colin does. Let me just, I'm just going to read to you the last paragraph of the story. It goes pretty quick. There's not a lot of detail given to the, the conclusion of this, 
but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read this the last part of this straight from the source that I told you about. It said Colin took the reply from Huntley in the spirit in which it was given and instructed his brother Roderick of Redcastle to intercept Huntley. Roderick immediately raised four hundred followers and appeared over the brow of a hill in front of Huntley, who was leading his men from Inverness to Moy. Huntley, being told that these were Mackenzies, wondered how they had been raised so quickly. He was told by one of his officers that, quote, their leader is so active and fortunate that his men will flock to him from all parts on a moment's notice when he has any ado. And before you gain Macintosh or his lady, you will lose more than he is worth, since now, as it seems, her friends take part in the quarrel. Unquote. Huntley quietly considered the matter and decided Macintosh was best left alone. All right, now before we talk about how that story went, what were my favorite parts on it, and why I think certain parts are so significant, let me give a shout out to my sponsor, USA Kilts. Guys, this last spring, summer, now as we go into fall, and I've just hiked all over the place. And I have loved doing it in my kilt. I love hiking in my kilt. It is the ideal garment to hike in. And whether it's my casual kilt out on a hike or whether it's my nicer kilt at the Clan Conclave with Adam Campbell and his, his crew, I have really enjoyed wearing my USA Kilts kilts. They are very well made. All the other stuff that goes with them are well put together. It's, they really take a lot of pride in what they do. And their customer service is awesome. And if you live in the United States, you get free shipping. Also, go over and check out their... Well, first of all, that's at usakilts.com if you want to get anything. Uh, if you want to go check out their YouTube channel, I would highly recommend it. It's USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions. They have tons of cool content on there, whether it's stuff that goes along with wearing a kilt or whether it's a little bit on Scottish heritage or culture. Go check them out. They have some really cool content on there, whether it's answering somebody's question or anticipating the question that should be asked. They do a great job. So go check them out, USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions on YouTube or usakilts.com as the storefront. Now, I know a lot of you were waiting for the bloody climax for this fierce battle to be joined by the two sides and the defending the sisters honor side would rise above and that didn't ever happen and so some of you are thinking like wait what he just Huntley just turned around and left well I, I, I guess so I gave you my source it's the best I can do about how this story plays out and I just think there's a several points of this story that actually rather than even though there was no bloody battle at the end this got me pretty wound up when I shared this. In fact, I wasn't even looking for this story. I was doing research on another clan that I wanted to share, which I'll be doing in the near future. And I found this story. and I was like, nope, I'm going to share this story. And let me share with you a couple of the aspects of the story that I think are so cool and why I felt so strongly that I'm, I'm going to change my order and I'm, this is actually going to butt in and jump to the front of the line for, a, for an episode. First of all, I think at the front, the, the biggest issue here is something that Ali Cathcart and I, in that, uh, that interview or discussion I talked about earlier, we, we hit on this about the role of women and, and how it's not documented really well by contemporary sources. And this isn't, I, I doubt this is a contemporary source. I didn't follow up to look, learn where Alan McKenzie was getting this. It's a fairly recent publication, 2006. Um, 
but the women don't have an equal representation. That's, that's clear. And in the representation and the things that we do know about this time period, it can come off looking like women are basically livestock to be traded back and forth, whatever will get an advantageous marriage in order to increase her dad or brother's standing or land holdings or whatever it is. And so they're basically cattle. And it can come off like that. And I'm not even saying that that didn't happen and that wasn't a thing. But what I think this story does point out, and I actually believe that you could back this up with more examples from other places, that the family relationships are real here. Now, there's different places that women play this important role, different depending on who's the main relationship with who, I guess is what I'm saying. In this case, the romantic situation possibly between her and her husband Lachlan Moore, Macintosh, is not the focus of the story. It Rather, it's the sibling relationship between Colin Cam McKenzie, Rory McKenzie, and their sister, Agnes. I love that. And, and as a man who comes from a world of strong women, let me just tell you a little bit about my family that I come from, and I want you to think about your family and the women in your life. And I hope you've been blessed as, as much as I have by the influence of good women in your, in your world. My, both of my grandmothers, they're both passed away now, but both of them lived plenty long enough for me to have a good relationship. My mother's mother passed away when I was in my 20s, still a pretty young man, but all growing up I knew her and she was an influence and still continues to influence me, frankly. The certain things I say and the way I say them are influenced by her. My grandma Edwards just recently passed away a couple of years ago. Wonderful woman, and I'm in my mid-40s, and so I've had over 40 years to get to know her, and she is just awesome. My mother is one of the best women ever. I, I just when, when I was dating and in that phase of my life where the, the women I'm dating, I'm actually kind of looking at them as a possible spouse, like... Do I want to press forward with this, with that in mind? My mother greatly shaped what I was looking for, which leads me on to talk about my wife. Guys, I cannot even say enough good about my wife. The amount of, of energy and love that she puts in to our family on behalf of me and the kids, I, I, there's no way I can keep up with her on this. It just, it just astounds me the lengths that she will go to make sure this family is functioning properly. She is just the best ever. I, I could not have done better given another 80 years of looking. I could not have done better than her. So I'm grateful for her. And, and guys, for, for those of you out there who are not the father of girls, you don't know what I'm about to say. You don't, you don't, you don't even know. I, it, this completely took me by surprise. I, I have four kids they're all boys except for three of them. Just, I'm just kind of a funny way of saying that. I have three girls and one boy. I love my boy. He's really, I would not trade him for any other boy in the whole world. He's so good. He's 15. He's turning into a great young man. I could be, I'm so pleased with the way he's turning out. My relationship with him is different than a daddy toward his, toward his girls. Those of you Men out there who do have girls, you know what I'm talking about. You know that it took you a little off guard how you feel about the little girls. Like, they do things to a guy. 
I'm, I'm here to tell you, like, you're just completely unprepared for your little girls. And that's why men have a reputation of acting a little weird when a guy comes to pick up their girl for a date. There's, there's kind of a stereotype, right? And, and I'm not, I hope I'm not that guy, but I, can, I get it. I get it because of how much I love those little girls. And all I'm saying is when we see the story where the, it's a woman that's a pivotal figure, this whole thing's revolving around Agnes and, and, and the love that her brothers have for her and that relationship that's strong between them. You know, when, when Rory and Colin hear that Huntley is not only going to disregard their wish to have her treated especially good, but he's going to specifically treat her bad because of the request and that love that they have for their sister, and they're like, this will not happen. I love that so much. So we see, we see a different aspect with the role of women and the relationships that exist during this time period. I know I'm not saying that their whole society was structured and we can look at how we do it today and assume that that's how it was back then, but I cannot imagine that the way humans feel toward each other and the, and the love that exists in these family relationships could have been that much different. I know they handled them different, differently, but that love, I, I'm, I, you cannot com- convince me that it wasn't there. All right, so there's the role of women in this story. I think just the, the, the aspect of the clan coming together, I think that's fascinating. Just 400 men and how this is one thing that scared the crap out of the lowlands and, and in England specifically. Even the lowlands in Scotland were more kin-based than England. And I spent a lot of time talking about that. But even later in history, like up into the 1700s, and where, where maybe this had softened or diluted a little bit in the lowlands, in the highlands it was still going strong, and it scared the heck out of the English how fast a chief could rally men and have a fighting force on a battlefield. And it took Huntley a little off guard in this case. So I just think that's cool. All, and, and the, the, but the reason for it, I think, is that the coolest part of it, just all to protect the chief's sister. All right, so that's all cool. I just think it's a cool story. I, I saw that. I, I was like, oh, this is so cool. I want to share it with my, my audience, and so I'm grateful that you tuned in for this. Guys, I just want to reiterate that the, the cool things that we were starting to get into, the thing, cool things that have happened recently between the two interviews that I've done, go back and check those out if you haven't. The public speaking engagement I had the opportunity to, to participate in with Adam Campbell and his Clan Conclave event. I, I, I'm sorry I'm just mentioning Adam. There's a lot of people that were helping him behind the scenes, but but uh, he's the he was the figure and the driving force behind it. It was a great event. I'd mentioned it on earlier episodes. Happened on the Wasatch Front down in Pleasant Grove, Utah. It was sold out, not because I was speaking there, but it was a really good experience for me. I'm grateful that I was invited there. I would love the opportunity to, now that I've had the chance to do that in this capacity. You know, as a teacher for 14 years, it's not the same thing. Um, if you guys have any events coming up and you want a public speaker somebody to talk come talk about scottish clans because it's based around that reach out to me if any of you have any desire to reach out to me reach out to me at the scottish clans at gmail.com whether that's a request for an episode and a clan adam mccullough i i did get your your information on the mccullochs of myerton i'm in the process of reading through it but thank you so much guys i adam i'm saying he reached out to me through the email hooked me up with some some source material to study through, and, and that's how you get a request turned into an episode. 
and, and even if you don't have any source material, that's okay. If you just have a, something you want to say, a question you want to ask, reach out to me, thescottishclans at gmail.com. I haven't been perfect about responding, but I'm better on the email than I am on any other platform. So if you want to reach out, go to do it with the email. Uh, guys, I'm excited not just for what we've done in the past, but things ahead of me. If you want to st- stick with me, there's some cool things coming. If you want to go to my website, it's um, scottish-clans. Dot com, okay, Scottish-clans.com. Go there. You can. There's a link to my online course on the origins of the Scottish clans. There's some free resources, and that'll continue to be added to. There's um, the links to the podcast. Just a lot of things that you can go on there and find. I'm, I'm trying to tailor that and make it as useful as possible and hook you guys up with good resources. Because this is an exciting subject, and if you like it at all, and you want to contribute to the cause, once again, go to scottish-clans.com forward slash team just a few simple dollars can go a long ways um and, and, but if you know what if you don't if you just want to do it for free because that's why podcasts are cool is because it's free content then i totally understand too uh, until next time marushin leev and drafstein